are listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 125. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton of BleedingGreenNation.com. I'm Jim Kemsky from PhillyVoice.com. Brandon, we're going to do a podcast in which we look at 25 Eagles over-unders. But before we get there, a word from our sponsor. Welcome back to BGN Radio, presented by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Now you can eat the same meat snacks that the Eagles do. You can go to RighteousFelon.com and use discount code BGN15 at checkout for 15% off your orders of $50 or more. Jimmy, this is double duty this week. You know, we're back. I don't know when this episode will be posted here. We're recording this on Friday, June 19th. Juneteenth, if you will. Juneteenth. Yes. Important to be recognized. Yes, yeah, so it's good to be back here with you, Jimmy. Also, obviously, we have Father's Day coming up this weekend, so happy Father's Day to you. We'll probably publish this on Father's Day. Father's Day is Sunday, right? Yes. I want to say happy Father's Day to my dad and happy Mother's Day to my mom because I didn't say it on the podcast last time. I don't want to forget my mom, so I'll just shout out to my parents. <laughs> Big listeners. Yes, happy, happy Father's Day to my father, rest in peace, and uh, eh, my mother too, why not? And to me. Boom. Happy Father's Day to myself. So- Righteous Felon. Yeah. Bourbon Franklin. That's your favorite. (laughs) That it is. Do you have a favorite? I always say the Abanero Escobar is my favorite because I kind of like the spice (laughs) and it does have a good uh, spice level to it. Not too much, but the right amount. And Rich Bobby is a big fan of uh, Righteous Felon, apparently. Yes. All right. Let's just jump right into the over-unders. Right off the bat, let's go front office as opposed to offense or defense. Number of signings slash trades. Between now and the first day of training camp, whenever that may be. And I set the over-under here at 1.5. Over, Jimmy, because Howie's pretty active usually. And I, I remember in years past, even I think like last year, he was kind of signed like Darren Sproles right for, before training camp. Like They're always good, I feel like, for a couple of moves. Um, and obviously, they've been rumored to LaShawn McCoy. They've been connected to Jason Peters potentially coming back. Vinny Curry, that's been thrown out there. Yep. Jamal Adams now is apparently <laughs> right. has the Eagles on the list of teams that he'd be okay for playing for. And we know how he's always active. I mean, that's not it's not going to happen, but mm-hmm. it is interesting that he included the Eagles as a team that he would want to go to. I think that's good for the it's good for the it's good for the organization, I think. Even if, you know, nothing happens there. All the teams on his list are playoff teams except for the Cowboys. And they're probably the most likely team to to do something for him too, I would think. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've it's weird because they have been sort of chasing that high-level safety for years or been linked to maybe not chasing but have been linked to like that high-level safety for years. I mean, there were Earl Thomas rumors with them for like mm-hmm. for like two or three years. And now uh, Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams is awesome, by the way. I think he's like a different kind of safety than what people think he is. Like he's sort of more like a box guy. And his specialty is really like blitzing the quarterback. Like he had a crazy number of sacks. Like my favorite highlight of his is when he just ran over Saquon Barkley and then just took the ball right out of Daniel Jones's hands and ran for a touchdown. Yeah. But he's a, he's a fun player to watch. I just did. I just can't see the Eagles trading for him because they're they're already without their fourth round pick in 2021 as a result of the Jannard Avery trade. The rumor was if the Jets were to do something, this is going back a bit. Like this is going back like a month or so. The rumor was that it would it would cost like a one and a three. So you trade your one and your three for him, and then you're left with you know your two, 
And I think they have a couple of fives and like a six and a seven. So like they can't do that. They can't trade for him, obviously. But then also, once you trade for him, like he wants to be traded, my understanding is anyway, is because he feels like he's underpaid and he wants a new contract. And he sure as hell is going to feel like he should be the highest paid safety in the NFL. So if you're paying him, you know, the Eagles can't afford to pay him $15 million a year. I can't see it either, although I did see something in the Dallas Morning News that said, like, the list of teams – there's a list of teams, and maybe it's the same one that Adam Schefter tweeted out, that Adams would be willing to play on its current contract for, where, okay. you know, he's, he's under contract for it, – so it's, like, just over, what, three – it's, like, $3.5 million guaranteed salary this year. If you did trade for him, he'd be on the is hook Is that it? That. That's all it is on his fourth year? Uh, it, yep. he, what would he go, like, sixth overall, something like that? Yeah. Uh, so there's like 3.5 million still for the Jets and dead money for, with the huh. bonus, and then next year in 2021 he's oh under right contract. because they yeah they don't they're not responsible for the money he already got obviously yeah, yeah the yeah, fifth right, year right, option right, right. that's not guaranteed at like 9.8 million or so so right I mean if you could get him for those two years I mean then you're that's like that's doable it's more doable at least but I I just think as a general practice the Eagles really aren't looking to acquire any kind of big money at that position too at that position too and when you have to give up like a, you're gonna have to give up at least a first round pick like you're gonna have I, I, at least i think i mean this is a 24 year old she made the all pro team two pro bowls like he's awesome i don't know and the jets <laughs> have leverage they don't have to like rush to trade him like right they don't, like again he's under team control through next year so i just don't see it being realistic i wouldn't count on it and, and i think the eagles kind of like what they have not necessarily love but like jim schwartz really likes Jalen mills and I think he wants to give him that shot at safety. And they drafted Kayvon Wallace in the fourth. And they added Will Parks. Like, they have guys, I think, that they kind of want to see first before they kind of just go out. And it's not like they have this gaping hole with no kind of discernible answer. So I don't think it's going to happen. Agreed. So let's go to the offense here. Uh, Carson Wentz, 31.5 touchdown passes. Okay. So 31.5 touchdown pass. And again, I guess this all has to assume that there actually is going to be a season that's like right. Just length. let's just, let's just do that up top and we won't yeah. say that again. <laughs> okay. So for context, he's only he done that th- once in his career. Yeah. He had 33 in thir- 13 starts back in 2017. I'm going to say like just under, I think he might be like right at 30. I just think with the weapons he has still, like they're not, I still have questions about the wide receiver position. And I think it'd be kind of irresponsible of me just to assume that everything's going to work out there. I, I am high on Carson going into the season, but I mean, I just think it's a big he's going to be like just, I, want, I think I he's going to be like just that. under. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like th- it's not easy to throw 32 touchdown passes. What about you? I would lean toward what you would go with there too. I think he's going to mm-hmm. be just under that. I think he's going to be in like the 28 to 31 range. Yep. So we're both under all that. I'm going to write these down by the way. You said over on the, over first on the 1.5. I said, I think they're going to go under on that by the way. Okay. I think you might see them sign a guy like already into training camp, but I'm going to go conservative there. All right. Carson, once again, interceptions plus fumbles. Oh, boy. <laughs> and that's not fumbles lost, by the way. To be yeah. Clear. It's not turnovers, fumbles. just fumbles. That's a little bit skewed because like if Jason Kelsey fires a worm burner, like it mm-hmm. hits the ground and Carson Wentz picks it up, that counts as a fumble for Wentz. Right. He has like a fumbling is a big problem for Wentz, but... It is boosted a little bit by, you know, things like that. So anyway, I, the number I came up with is, is 22.5. So last year, for example, he threw 23 interceptions plus fumbles. So he threw seven interceptions, a very low number, obviously, but he had 16 fumbles, very high number. So I went right, I went like a, a half fumble slash interception below that number. So he had 23 combined last year, 22 and a half is my over under here. 
Seven interceptions is is outstanding, by the way. And he's had what seven each of the last three years. I think that's like yeah. a very underrated part of his game that he doesn't get credit for. Like he really is. He really is. Uh, and and he does it while he take while taking shots down the field. It's not like he's Sam Bradford, like dinking and dunking all the way down the field. Like he does mm-hmm. throw the ball downfield. And for him to only throw seven interceptions each of the last three years is impressive. I agree. I think he did. A, I think that's an underrated thing as well. Did a really good job of taking care of the ball last year in terms of interceptions. Now, obviously, fumbles. The fumbles, not so much. <laughs> and this year, right. yeah, he had a career yeah. high 16 last year. Um, so I'm actually going to take probably the over on that just because, you know, show me with the fumbles that you're going to kind of fix that before I just kind of, I, I totally buy in there. And then uh, I think uh, the interceptions could go up a little bit this year just because they have been so low. Like maybe he could be due for some bad luck in that regard. So Okay. I'm going to go under. So I think uh, I think he's going to stay steady with that, you know, seven range. But I think those fumbles are going to come down substantially. I think he's going to, I think he can, if he really aims to fix that part of his game, I think he can decrease that number of fumbles by at least six. Like, because 10 fumbles in a season also isn't great. I'd say that's probably around average. He can be average there. What's the next one? Jalen Hurts. You got to fast, Jimmy, because we're going to be here all day if we... (laughs) (laughs) Jalen Hurts. Non-quarterback snaps, 9.5. Under. Me too. Not going to have a lot of time to learn the system and adjust and everything. I think it'll be over like 1.5. I think we'll see that a little bit. But I, 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 don't, I don't think we'll literally never see it. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to be this big thing right now. I am also going to go under on that one for, you know, uh, he's not Taysom Hill. He's not going to have that kind of role. He's a quarterback. They're going to groom him as a quarterback. And I don't see them using him in their offense that way. I agree with you. Maybe you do like, maybe they do it like in some sort of gadget play here and there, but it's, he's not going to get at least 10 of those kinds of snaps. Miles Sanders, 1,099 rushing yards. Under. Ooh. In part because okay. I, I'm high in Miles Sanders, but I just think. The Eagles still kind of do spread the ball around, and I know it's a little bit different this year because he's probably the be- he is the best running back they've had. Maybe I'll kick myself for this because I again I'm high in Miles Sanders going into this year, but I could just see something. I mean, the Eagles don't have like a dominant player in offense. This is, I guess, what kind of comes back to you know, even like in 2017, they like ideally I think they like to share the ball a lot in both with their receivers and their running backs. Mm-hmm. And I just there's never like that one just dominant guy. I mean, you could look at Ertz. But see, I'm going over because I think he's way better than anything they've had there. Like he, he had eight, he had 818 rushing yards last year, and after like they lost Jordan Howard and all the receivers, and you know they had like those practice squad guys, he was like carrying the offense. Like he was getting over 20 touches per game, pretty like near the end of the season. They were using him like just a little bit under like where they used like Christian McCaffrey, like the the Panthers used Christian McCaffrey and the Cowboys used Ezekiel Elliott. Like he was not far away from that kind of usage at the end of the year. Now they're going to, they're not going to use him like that for the course of the season. But I do think that like 1100 rushing yards is a bar that he can clear. By the way, like (laughs) the last time they had a thousand yard rusher. Do you know when that was? What year? No. Do you know who, do you know who it was? Yes, that's correct. 2000. Yeah. It was last year. 2014. He had 13-19 under chip. All right, Miles Sanders again. 1,699 yards from scrimmage. (laughs) Well. (laughs) I guess you're going under on that one too, huh? Well, I'm going to split the difference here. (laughs) And that way I'll be right about one of them. Yeah, I'm going to hedge. I'm going to go over because he's going to have a huge, (laughs) even though they've upgraded at receiver, in theory at least, 
uh, I really do buy him as a pass catcher. And he was such a weapon there last year. I mean, he, he had averaged 10.2 yards per reception. Like, that's yes. Great yeah, a lot of plays down back. the field. And uh, and I think that's legit. I mean, obviously, again, they won't have to rely on him, ideally, as much as they did as a pass catcher last year. But it is a legitimate skill. <laughs> so uh, I'll, I'll split the difference here and take the over. 13.27 last year, by the way. Uh, he had eight, Like I said before, he had 818 rushing yards. And he had 509 receiving yards. Alshon Jeffrey, <laughs> 0.5 snaps played. Zero point for the whole season. Uh, <laughs> yes. In other words, does he see the field ever? Uh, you know, I think you're going to say under, and I want to <laughs> give myself a chance to maybe win this yeah. in a weird way. So I will say over, even though <laughs> uh, I still... Okay. I mean, he's still around. He is. He is still, still around. He's still around, and I don't know. Maybe something weird happens and they keep him. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> I'm going under. Yep. Deshaun Jackson, 11.5 starts. Yeah. So technically, technically last year he started three games. He really only played in one game. He had a handful of snaps against he sort of been the Falcons and uh, the, Bears. the Bears. Yeah. So uh, 11.5 starts. Does he start at least 12 games? It's so not wise to go over on this. I mean, he's missed <laughs> an average of five games in his last five seasons. So yeah. this is a good line. Um, I don't know, though. I feel like Deshaun could have a big year. Like, again, this seems irresponsible. He's turning 34 this year. But I'll, I'll be a little reckless, and I'm going to say Deshaun has a big year, and he goes over. He, over, it's like just all right. Over two. It's like 12. <laughs> I'm going to go under. I think he starts around like 10. Hmm. Would you? By the way, if you're so if you're Doug, would you sign up for 10 before the season begins? Of course, yeah. I think, yeah, it, absolutely. I, I think with the caveat, it would be like 10, fine, but... Is he healthy at the end of the season? Yeah, 10 like in is, playoffs. Is, is, is he ready to start for the playoffs if you make it there? Mm-hmm. All right, Jalen Rager, 699 receiving yards. I'm going to take the under because okay. offseason with, you know, not a normal offseason. And I do think he'll get playing time. I think the the safe bet is to kind of go under on rookie just expectations wise, not even the specific number. I think it's just so hard to count on rookie wide receivers to be these instant contributors and i think rager has potential but i'm not gonna just you know bank on that yeah i'm gonna take i'm gonna be conservative and go with the under do you uh base anything off of doug peterson's comments that he's gonna have him focus on one position and that one position is deshaun's position i think my approach to the wide receiver position as i've said is there's just so many unknowns there that i don't really like i don't know what to think of it yeah and that's fair i I don't know who's where and what (laughs) i don't know yeah I'm with you there. I'm, I'm also going to go under, by the way. I think he approaches that, but I think it'll wind up being under. And I think it'll be fine. Like, I think, like on paper, that sounds bad, and people might be disappointed with the thought of him having fewer than that. But as long as he makes some plays here and there, and that's actually what the next one would be. So let's just go to the next one. Jalen Rager, 4.5 receptions of 40-plus yards. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to take the over because I think that's what Rager is going to be right away he's mm-hmm. not going to be a volume guy in this offense you know he's not no. like you're not funneling the offense through him he's not justin jefferson like that's not why they drafted that's why they passed on justin jefferson right at least to some extent he's it's going to kind of be more of like deshaun in a way of like a boomer bust kind of guy so yeah so i don't think he's going to have that massive volume but i do think he still can contribute with those big plays so yeah i mean that's a lot though i feel it is like a lot. 4.5 yeah. but I'll, I'll i'll go with you over i'm gonna go under i think he gets about three or four of those all right, JJ. 
<laughs> 399 receiving yards. Of under. course, he had 169. I don't know how you couldn't take the under. <laughs> it's not even, I'm not even trying to be like negative about him. I just like, <laughs> right. what are you basing that on? Like, that's just blind, total. Well, blind he pick. might get, he might get a lot of playing time. Yeah, but he did last year too, and he didn't do anything with it. So yeah. like, that doesn't mean anything to me. I'm going to go reckless here like you were before. Hmm. I'm going to go over. Okay. It's a bad bet, but I'm doing it. <laughs> Who has more receiving yards? John Hightower or Quez Watkins? I think John Hightower because I think he has a better chance to make the team. Yes, and kinda, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, be kind of like in the Mac Hollins role like in 2017 where like Mac Hollins got a couple snaps here and there. Or even Marcus Johnson did like here and there. Like very few. It was like, you know, maybe one or two a game or whatever. But he would get like a couple and sometimes they'd actually target him, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. Yes. Uh, looking back. But also I think Hightower could be the kick returner. And that's like, what I was going to say, yes. Yeah, so I think that'll help him. And I think they'll, like, throw him a bone, especially if he's doing well in special teams. Like, they'll give him a snap or two here on offense. And I think Watkins just looks so, like, frail to me. And he just doesn't look like he's, like, ready to contribute. right? And Watkins, by the way, is, like, 21, where Hightower is 24. So I just feel like he's more yes. ready to contribute. Also a good point. I like Watkins better. But mm-hmm. uh, your point that, you know, about him being poss- possibly the kick returner, is the selling point for me. And that not only that, like he has a role on the team, but also it's a role on the team on game day. Like he might, he might like, even if they both make the team, the yeah. high tower is more likely to be actually active on game day. Right. If he's the kick returner. So I'm with you on John Hightower, Zach Ertz, 999 receiving yards over. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you there. Carson Wentz loves targeting. Well, he had, he had nine sixteen last year. He missed two games. I think he missed two. Was it two that he missed? But also, like, he got those 916 receiving yards with uh, opposing defenses often double covering him. Yes. Because they had nothing else. So, like, against the Giants when he had a couple touchdowns, I think it was. It was he had two touchdowns in that game. He had a big game against them. And uh, people were asking him, like, in the game, like, after the game, like, were you surprised that, like, they didn't give you extra attention? He's like, yeah, I don't know what they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Dallas Goddard, 699 receiving yards. He had 607 in two, in 2019. I'm going to say under. Okay. Um, just under. I You know, you, you added these other players on the team. I still think Goddard can have, like, a good season. Like, he might not – it might not be racking up yards, though. He might have, like, a high touchdown number because he's, you know, dominating in the in the red zone or something. But, yeah, I, I mean, Ertz is still ahead of him. And, again, they added more receiver talent. So, I just – I don't know. That's, that's a lot for a second tight end. I'm going to go over. Hmm. Not by much. Like, I think that's – I mean, obviously, I put these lines together based on like sort of like either or and over on those like where it's trying to make the choices difficult for you. But I'm going to go over on that one because uh, like his jump from year one to year two was right about normal, like with the better tight ends in the league, that is. Um, And then the jump from two to three usually isn't that big for the, uh, you know, the better tight ends in the league when you look at the the starts to their careers. But there is usually some kind of jump. And I think he will, will make some kind of jump from. From last year to this year, his snap count should be steady from what it was last year to this year. But I think he's going to be a better player. Also, he played injured all, all throughout the year last year, too. So True. I think he has a better chance of of uh, maybe coming in healthy and staying that way. Brandon. Jimmy. Kristen and Stephanie Roach of Roach Realtors. Did you know they boast over 50 years of combined experience in real estate sales? I do now. If you're looking for a new home, they're dedicated to listening intently and matching individuals and families with the home and neighborhood that best fits their needs. And they are expert negotiators who know how to use the market trends and get the best price 
available for you possible. I did not read that correctly, but whatever. Uh, if you're looking to sell your home, Kristen and Stephanie understand that buyers more than ever are doing the bulk of their searching for a new home online. Uh, I mean, that's nothing new, but more so now than before. Buyers are attracted to the pictures, description of the property, and of course the price. That's why it's paramount that your listing pops, and they do a fantastic job of uh, you know photographing your house, including drone photography. It's extremely important during these times because the number of showings are sort of limited. So people are going to look at homes that have the best pictures and they excel in that area. And they also uh, are experts in interior and exterior design and help can help stage your home. Uh, one thing too, I'll also go off script here too. If you're renting a place, like I, you, you rent where you live, right? Mm-hmm. So like I lived in North Jersey previously. And if ever I saw like a, like a rental listing when I was renting at the time, it would like you had to pay like a realtor fee. You had to pay like a month and a half worth of worth of fees to you know rent that house, which was crazy. Like it was of no value to the renter to have to pay those fees because like those those you know those uh, houses or whatever are being advertised by the by the owner of the house. So it was it made no sense to me. And then I moved to South Jersey, and like I found out that. You know, you weren't responsible for those fees, which does make sense. So if you're renting a house too, you know, you can use the services of a real estate agent basically for free. I mean, not basically for free, like definitively for free. They'll help you out. Kristen and Steffi can help you out with that too. Uh, I'll skip the rest of this. But uh, for a free consultation or market analysis of your home, call call or text Kristen at 856-906-9295. Again, that's 856-906-9295. Hell, you can even just email me too if you want. I can pass that along. Uh, Brandon? Back after this. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge? That takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Back here on BGN Radio, episode 125. Jimmy, what do we have next on the overs and unders? We'll flip it over to the defense here. Derek Barnett, very uh, polarizing player these days. 8.5 8.5 sacks. Alrighty. I'm just going to say, <laughs> screw it. All in on Derek <laughs> okay, Burnett breakout. All right. I, I mean, I've always liked him. Yeah, I do too. But this is kind of the year for me that kind of makes or breaks him for me. Like, if he underwhelms this year and, like, just doesn't do it, then I'm kind of convinced this just is who he is and he's never going to be anything probably that great. And I'm not really going to, I'm not going to be, like, pulling my hair out because I don't think he's a disaster or a bust. But, like, you know, he's just clearly not going to be the difference maker that the Eagles hope slash 
need him to be, and it'll be frustrating in that respect. So he had 6.5 last year in 14 games. Um, this is kind of a risky bet because injuries have been an issue with him, but you know he's fully healthy now. I think you know he's turning. Uh, he'll be 24 this season, so I think like this is the year. This is his Zach Ertz 2017 season, where like it's finally the breakout year. I'll quibble with that six point six point five sacks. By the way, he like. Mm-hmm. The one that they gave him a half sack for, he had to split with Fletcher Cox. He had a strip sack on that play. <laughs> Derek Barnett did. He get, clearly got there before Cox did. So I don't know how Cox stole half of a sack away from him on that. But uh, anyway, I'm also going over. I am uh, bullish on Derek Barnett over Brandon Graham. Also, 8.5 sacks. Uh, this is so... He had 8.5 sacks, by the way, last year. I, I really I'm I'm gonna take over in part because I just want to will Brandon Graham to getting his <laughs> double digit sack total that he deserves and wants. <laughs> yes. And uh, but he was really good last year though, so it's not like just going on nothing. Like I I think BG is or BLG I should say is aging like a fine wine. I've always subscribed to the idea like that. Uh, he's like it was okay to pay him the contract he did in part because like he didn't play many snaps early on in his career, and he's he's durable. He's tough. You know he's gonna be out there. Uh, so yeah, I, I like that bet, even though I'm going high with Barnett too. So that's a lot of sacks I'm counting on here, but, uh, <laughs> yes. but, uh, I, I'll say one of them gets it. So I'm kind of hedging here too. I'm going to go under on that one. Um, because I, I mean, for the exact reason you just said, cause I'm already going over on Barnett. There just aren't enough to go around. I'm going to place all my eggs in the uh, Derek Barnett basket. Fletcher Cox, again, another sack one here. Seven, he had 10.5 sacks in his, you know, elite year in 2018 and he had 3.5 last year so we'll split the difference there we'll go seven sacks yeah so he's only gone over seven one two out of his <laughs> many his, yes. whatever nine seasons here so i'm gonna go under even though i think that you know he should benefit from bringing in javon hargrave and malik jackson being back and i yep. do think you know he's gonna be over the 3.5 last year which is the second lowest of his career but i think he might be more in like that five six range again and that doesn't necessarily you know that doesn't mean he's having a bad season like if he's you know just like wrecking shop and he's like consistently generating a lot of pressure or you know maybe it's a situation where like teams are really just doubling him and they're they're okay with giving up sacks to Jackson or uh, Hargrave instead because they feel like they just don't want to get beat by Cox. I think Cox will bounce back this year for sure. But yeah, I'm going to take the under on seven just because you look at his career and it just, it's not a, a usual occurrence for him. I'm going to go under too. He certainly he can, he can top seven sacks, but I'm going to go. I think the, the better bet is to take the under here. All right, Malik Jackson, not sacks mm-hmm. this time, but Malik Jackson, 40% of the defensive snaps. This is kind of like a under-discussed thing about the team. It's like, how exactly is this defensive tackle rotation going to work out? <laughs> yes. Because these are, like, Cox obviously is defensive one of the Defensive line high, rotation. Well, that too. Yeah. All of it across the board. Yeah, I don't I don't under, I don't don't really know. So I, I guess I'll take the over just because they gave him a lot of money last year. What was he doing? What, yeah, why is he that's being paid exactly that much? it. You're going you're gonna to pay him a lot of money for potentially a smaller role. Forty mm-hmm. percent of the snaps seems like a pretty low bar to cop to to uh, you know surpass, but yeah. But where does he fit in? I don't know. <laughs> Taking under. What do you got? I'm taking over. I'm going under. Okay. Like, there's a chance maybe he plays some defensive end snaps, but I don't think that's going to be a regular thing. Like, if he yeah. plays some defensive sna- end snaps, like two or three games, something like that, like, it's not going to be a regular out there. It's not full time. Yeah. All right. On the same uh, premise, 
not promise, but same note. Um, TJ Edwards, does he play at least 50% of the snaps? Yes, he does. Because he's currently, I think, one of their top two linebackers. And God forbid something happened to Nate Gary, who is your top linebacker, then, you know, he could be the guy. <laughs> so, like, he's really not that far away. I, I mean, I think he's just in the spot where he's going to get a lot of playing time. Yeah, I agree. Um, the one thing that does give me pause is that, like, I think it was like 70, somewhere around like 70, 80% of his snaps last year were against running plays. So they only had him on the field when they thought the opposing offense was going to run the ball. Yeah. But he was an undrafted rookie too. And then like in so and he looked awesome when I mean he was really good in that role. Like he's he was a stud against the run. Against the pass, eh, a little shaky. So mm. for him to take on, you know, a role in which he's gonna be playing more than fifty percent of the snaps, or he's gonna be like one of the a top two linebacker alongside Nate Gary. Uh, you know, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. But uh, I think he's a smart player, and I think that he will be able to overcome his uh, athletic deficiencies better than the, you know some other linebackers who aren't athletically gifted, as he is not. But uh, yeah, I'm with you. I would say over on that as well. All right. Uh, Darius Slay, 3.5 interceptions. Uh, he had the big season in 2017 with eight. Every other year, so his rookie year he had zero, but then the next it's like two, two. Right. So in his six seasons as a full time starter, he has averaged three point two per season. Yeah. And he only he's only had four or more picks one time, which was the your aforementioned eight in twenty seventeen. So I'm gonna take under three point five in part because I feel like he's not gonna be targeted as much as that Eagles cornerback too. <laughs> right, right. Who I think Avante and that's why I think Maddox can potentially lead the team in interceptions because I think he's gonna get more targets and I like his ball skills. Um just watching him in practice and games like he might give up some plays. He will give up some plays, Avante Maddox, but he's gonna make some plays too. Uh so I think Avante I feel better about being the interception man this year. So I'm gonna take under on Slay three point five. Do you think Schwartz will have him follow the opposing team's best receiver? I don't know, like every game, but I think we're we'll see that at times depending on, you know, who they're matching up against. Because if they do, do that he will get targeted. Sure. If they don't do it, then of course they're just gonna target the other guy. Yeah. But if they do that and like the Eagles will take that. The Eagles will take that as a win. Like if you just don't target him, if he's and he's covering the other team's best guy, they'll take that all mm-hmm. day. But I do sure. think he is going to get targeted if they do that. I do think they're going to have him follow the opposing best receiver. That doesn't really jibe with Schwartz's history. Mm-hmm. But I do think they're going to do that with him. I'm going to go under as well, just, oh. based, just based on the history. Interesting. I mean, he's, he's only done it once, so I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to go off of that. Yeah. <laughs> All yeah. right, Av- Avante Maddox, 2.5 interceptions. Yeah, I'm taking the over just again because I think he's going to lead the team this year. I think everyone is expecting Sidney Jones to be this breakout candidate. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be Avante. I think Avante's and it's not even necessarily a breakout because he kind of almost was as a rookie. It's as, almost to yes. me, I, I see it more as like a bounce back. Although it kind of it's kind of both just because of where he is in his career. But however you want to label it, I just think Avante is a baller. You know, I've seen him in practice look really good. He was looking really good last year in spring, I remember. He I looked like a pretty the... clear breakout candidate, especially yeah. during like OTAs and, and minicamp and then the early portion of training camp. And I, I would argue that he's played some of his best football on the outside. He's also played some of his worst out there, yes. for sure. But I think he's played – I think it's kind of like a high-variance deal. So he's going to give up some big plays. He'll get beat. He'll be frustrating. But he's also going to make some big plays. 
And he has ball skills, even though, you know, he might not have the length and whatever, but he's athletic. And I just think he has a knack for making plays on the ball. That's something, again, I've seen a lot just in practice and then in the games as well, looking back to his rookie season especially. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm high on Devontae Maddox. See, like the game he had against the Rams in 2018 was one of the best games that anyone on the team had against any against any opponent. That's how, that's how good he was in that game. Like that play that he made on Gurley in the, like late in the fourth quarter where there's, I don't know, like 20, 30 seconds left or something like that. And Gurley's running down, down the sideline and he just totally defeated a Brandon Cook's block tackled Gurley inbounds and that forced the Rams to have to, you know, run up to the line of scrimmage, spike it. And then they only had like one shot into the end zone from like the 15 yard line. It was huge that he was able to keep them inbounds on that play, not allowing him to stop the clock. He also had a pick in that game. And then the, the one real bad game that he had was against the bears when the bears, you know, kind of realized he's jumping routes all over the place and they just were kill. I mean, they're cooking him all day on double moves. So, I think he's got to maybe tone down the aggressiveness a little bit, but he does kind of have like that ball hawk mentality. So I'm with you. I'm going to go over on that one. Jimmy, I have an over under for you. Okay. Do you know the, so 1.5 satisfied customers for righteous felon. Do you think it's over or under? <laughs> I, I yeah. hope that I hope it's over. It's way over, Jimmy. Of course. It's probably like you could set that line at 1,000.5 maybe and it would be way over. Uh, okay. That's because BGN Radio is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, the meat snacks that fuel your Philadelphia Eagles. That's right. Righteous Felon Jerky and Snack Sticks are served at the Eagles Novacare Complex Fueling Station where Eagles players get their pre- and post-workout protein fix. If it's good enough for the Eagles... It's got to be good enough for you, too. Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, PA. It uses locally sourced all-natural black Angus beef and is committed to elevating the meat snacks category with superior quality and creative branding. You can try all the flavors. You can go to RighteousFelon.com and use discount code BGN at check, or sorry, BGN15. Use discount code BGN15. It's BGN15 at checkout to get 15% off when you order $50 or more. There's no limit on how many times the discount code can be used. So make like your favorite team and load up on the same meat snacks that the Philadelphia Eagles do. Back after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Back here on BGN Radio, episode 125, wrapping up our overs and unders for the Eagles. What do you got, Jimmy? Brandon, Jake Elliott, 4.5 missed field goals. A little background, he he had four missed field goals in 2019, and he had five uh, in each of 2017 and 2018. I should note, Jason Peters may or may not be there mm. to remind him no more misses. No more misses. Yeah, that is true. I believe, unless it was an extra point, it might have been one of the extra points last year. One of those just got caught up in the wind in Buffalo, and it wasn't even like... To be clear, we're only like, talking field goals here. Okay, yeah. So I think that was an extra point. Anyway, uh, yeah, he, he started off really hot last year and then kind of got shaky a little bit mm-hmm. towards, like, towards the end. And I think he kind of bounced back a little bit. I think Jake's going to be pretty money. I'll take the uh, under okay. on 4.5 misses. I, it might just be like just at 4. A lot of these are these are good lines by you, Jimmy. Thank I you. Think it's close. 
but it could be three or four. I'm going to go over. Hmm. At any point, <laughs> this isn't so much an over-under, but at any point in 2020, do any of the following, I guess it is an over-under, do any of the following, we'll just say snaps uh, 0.5 for mm-hmm. any of the following seven people. Jordan Matthews, <laughs> Timmy Jernigan, Mac Hollins, Nelson Aguilar, oh, God. Nigel Bradham, Ronald Darby, and Josh McCown. Do any of those seven players play one snap for the Eagles in 2020? I'm going to say over. <laughs> All right. Who is your guy <laughs> that's going to be back? Like they could get decimated at linebacker <laughs> and they could end up having to sign Bradham. Um, okay. Something weird could happen at quarterback where especially if there's a pandemic and you have to isolate your quarterback or something. Yeah, yeah. And maybe they have to throw Josh McCown The possibilities there. are endless on this one. Jordan Matthews, they always bring back anyway. So, who, like, I, I'll, you know, it's just one snap. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a defensive tackle could get hurt and they bring, you know, Timmy's still out yep. there. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to go over. <laughs> I'm going to go over too. That's a good one. I'm trying to figure out which one uh, they they bring back. I'm going to go. I think, I think my, my guy here is Timmy. Yeah. He's still available in season. Somebody gets hurt, they bring him in. And they like him. It's just, and they know, like him. Yeah. Hurt. All right. Eagles point differential on the season. Plus 55.5. I'll give you a little background on this, this one, too. Yeah, I need so, some context here. 2019, they were plus 31. 2018, mm. this is not including the playoffs, by the way. 2018, plus 19. And then in 2017, they were obviously dominant. They were plus 162. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go under just because I've been saying I think this team is good, not great. And I okay. just don't. Expect them to dominate and be like they were in 2017. So I'm kind of think they're going to be right around this number again. And yeah, so I'm going to take the under. I'll go over for fun. Okay. Eagles wins. This is the final one, by the way. Yes. 9.5. Yeah, this is this is good because I have it pretty much, I think, right between 10 and 9. <sighs> is it really going to be, what, th- three straight seasons of 9 and 7? Can I really predict that? <laughs> right. But the, I look at the schedule. I look at the questions about wide receiver and everything. Although they do play in a weak division in terms of you get to play the Giants in Washington twice still. Yeah, I'm going to say it is under. If I'm going under in the point differential too, I guess I got to kind of maybe go under on the record. It's it's at nine. I have them at nine. I think they win at least like eight. So it's just under that, but I'll take the under. Yeah, when, when I did my schedule prediction, I guess uh... – I think I had him at 10, but I, th- I guess like part of my reasoning for them, you know, winning the division again is they can't possibly have the same, you know, injury, lack of, you know, mm. <laughs> lack of luck that they've had the last two years, three years, really. True. And then, uh, yeah, already <laughs> not so much. I think I'm going to go under too. I think it's just going to be another one of those years. But I do think mm-hmm. they are going to blow some teams out. So I, I think they, uh, they, I mean, like you said, they're still in the division with, uh, you know, Giants and Washington, who I still think are going to be bad. And they do have some other pretty crappy opponents on their schedule. So, oh, they have some very good ones too. But yeah, I'm going to go under as well. Okay. And that is it. That's all of them, huh? That's, That's it. pretty good. Yeah. You writing these up for Philly Voice or? Yeah. So uh, I'll put them all in like what we said for each of them. Okay. Yeah, I'll leave the analysis for the uh, for the for the listening aspect, but I'll say you know which ones are over and under on. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll post those on bleedinggreennation.com too. So if you're listening to this, this is a very 
you can go to bleedinggreasenation.com and I'll, I'll make polls for each of them. So if the people want to get involved here, and uh, what's the hashtag, Jimmy, too, we can we can come up with here? Uh, uh, BGN BG, over-unders. BGN over-unders. And you can go to bleedinggreenation.com, look for the post that this podcast will be contained in, and you can vote for yourself so you can kind of get in on the action, too. And then maybe once those are done, I can kind of send those over to you, Jimmy. So then we'll have, like, a me column, a you column, and then we'll have, like, a community column, too, and see how the listeners did. And hopefully there is a season, and maybe we can kind of – Go back, or I can go back through it and see uh, at one point if we did hit the overs or unders on these, and maybe we can do some kind of, I don't know, some kind of prize or competition right. or for something. Anything else going on, Jimmy? Yeah. So this week, uh, again, we're publishing this podcast, I believe, on Sunday. So tomorrow, uh, Monday, begins our dumpster fire, my dumpster fire series, beginning with the Cowboys, as always. So it'll be Cowboys Monday, Giants Tuesday. Washington team Wednesday. I'll probably do a roundup of, uh, you know, sort of quick hitters making fun of the rest of the teams in the NFC on Thursday. And then the Eagles finally on Friday. So that'll probably be our next podcast as well. Uh, later that week, it's the most wonderful time of the year for me. when I, uh, when I publish my dumpster fire series and it should be fun again. And then we'll have the podcast programming too here on BGN radio. In addition to those written mediums, we'll be talking about the NFC East teams, all three of them on one podcast, one BGN radio episode coming out. And then after that, we'll be just doing the Eagles episode as well. So you can look forward to those and you can do that by subscribing to BGN radio and obviously rating, reviewing, all of that good stuff. Do you have any more final thoughts to me? I have. Are you doing anything for uh, Father's Day? Uh, so I don't know. I kind of like, I, I saw my parents a couple times, like you know, from a distance. Obviously, kind of just hang out, um, or like it's in the backyard, and I'm down <laughs> down like the the bottom portion like of the the patio, and they're up on their deck. Um, so I don't know. Kind of looks like it's gonna be rainy, so I don't know if we can really do that. But uh, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to my parents' house, my mom's house, uh, yeah. at the shore. I'll have my daughter there with me, so uh, yeah, that'll be fun. You're an LBI guy, right? Yeah, I think. Not to dox you here. <laughs> so, like, if uh, nah, it's fine. Uh, Surf City, more specifically, but yeah. So, if I were <laughs> to um, have my choice of restaurant, which I normally don't, maybe I'll maybe I'll pull the Father's Day card on that one. My favorite place down there is uh, right, actually not on the island, but in Manahawken. It's called uh, the, the Old Causeway. It's, although I like it more in. In the in that like I could you know I, I like to sit at the bar and have my dinner there. Uh, my girlfriend and I like to go there and do that. So, but they the takeout's still pretty good there. It's still, I mean, still very good there. The food's great. Um, so maybe uh, maybe I'll go with a sausage. Their sausage sandwich from there. They oh, like you do in, love a sausage sandwich. I do, and they they have a they have a fantastic like an andouille. Is that am I pronouncing that right? Is it andouille? Andouille sauce. Oh, or yeah. Okay, yeah, I get you. Hashtag Andouille if uh, you have any comments on uh, whether I'm pronouncing that correctly. But yeah, so I'll I'll probably want to do that or just get a pizza from somewhere. I'm I'm not super high maintenance. Have you ever been to Chicken or the Egg down there in Beach Haven? Yes. So they annoy me a little bit. Okay. (laughs) I'll give my reasoning why. So I I don't know if this is true now like it was in previous years, but they used to just close. Like after the summer yeah. was over, they closed during, they the, that, during, during the winter. Yeah. So if they if they stayed open, then kudos to them for staying open. Like if you want to be like the place in Long Beach Island, you got to stay open for the whole year. Like it's lame right. if you close down. So if they are staying open, then my apologies. Uh, then right. kudos to you guys for making that change. 
But during the summer, like the wait times to get into that place are crazy. Yeah. Like you see people like way down the street trying to get in there and you know, it's fine. Like it's, it's what the real appeal of it is they stay. I think, I don't know if it's, they're open 24 hours, but they're open really, really late. So like the bars, it is. the bars down there are open until like three in the morning. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. like you can go there after the bars close. So that's the appeal. And I mean, I can't imagine being like a, a waiter or, wa- you know, like, being like a waiter there and dealing with these just drunken idiots at like 3.30 in the morning. That would just be totally unappealing to me. But uh, I have been a patron of that place super late night. And I'm sure I have annoyed uh, the you know said waiters and waitresses uh, in my day. Yeah, I like I like going there. They have some good things. Yeah, and I do think they're open now. I think they have new ownership. I might be wrong about this, but I thought I saw something about that. I also want to give a shout out to I forget the name of it. But there's a place on there that has like these big elephant ears that you know, okay. like the dessert. Yes. They're great. I think it's like by Bay Village. Yeah, and then, Bay, um, there is a place in Bay Village. I don't remember the name of it either. And but, then, uh, but yes, they're, they're also very good. And bagels, bagels and beyond. Too. Bagels and beyond. Okay, I'm more of a. I was a bageletti guy. Okay. Bagels and Beyond. I don't think I've been to Bagels and Beyond. Maybe I should give them a shot. Worth a shot. All the, look at all these companies getting for restaurants. That's right. I didn't know you were an LBI plus. guy. Uh, when did this happen? I, I'm not like the biggest beach guy, but I go down there maybe like once a year or so. Do you go to the other uh, shore towns or, or, you, or are you like an LBI guy? More an LBI. Really? I, I like um, Spring Lake too, like just because it's like, it's, it's only like, I don't know. Not even an hour from my parents' house east, so it's kind of just like if you know, just going for like the day or whatever, or okay. just want to go see the basically the beach, you know, real quick. Like that's the just a nice option because it's so quick, as opposed to like I like Cape May a lot too, but that drive for for me from again from where I grew up was like more like two hours, and that's I just can't. That's not like a day trip to me. It's yes. just too long for that. Yes. All right, so this has been BGN Radio <laughs> episode uh, 125. Thank you for listening. It's presented by Righteous Felon Craft Turkey. Again, don't forget to use discount code BGN15 at checkout to get 15% off when you order $50 or more. That is discount code BGN15 at RighteousFelon.com. We will be back in the near future talking to you again. Until next time. Goodbye, everybody. BGN.